It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. It is the College Football National Championship being contested tonight. In uh, gloomy Los Angeles, California, Georgia and TCU, uh, I've seen 12 and a half. It looks like it's up to 13 and a half now, according to the Action Network, at least. Uh, we'll get our picks on that coming up in just a little bit. Rini and Golia will join us in our second half hour this afternoon to talk about that uh, here on the uh, PJ Show. Right now, we say uh, hello on this. Uh, it's still Black Monday, right, for the... For NFL, Ben, is it? They still Ben Byron, by the way, producing today's show. Hi, Ben. Six vacancies right now for a head coaching position. See, it's confusing when you say that because I asked you earlier. I said, "Who else well, has been, been fired. fired?" He's been fired. It's been two, right? Well, two today. Yep, have been relinquished of their duties. They are Lovey Smith, another one and done for the Texans, and then uh, the uh, Cliff Kingsbury was. Relieved of duties from uh, the uh, the the Cardinals. So I asked Ben. I said, "Is there any, are there any other been any other firings?" And then Ben's like, "Oh yeah, Jeff Saturday." But you mean there's vacancies because those guys are interim. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I get I get confused myself. It's hard to keep up with. <laughs> Jeff Saturday. I mean, uh, isn't that a guy that should have been fired? Like, even if it was. I like, love Jeff Saturday. Even if it was, uh, it was already understood he would not be the head coach. Shouldn't he got a public firing anyways? No, no, they should have. They should publicly have, uh, like, shamed, embarrassed him, put him because, in the streets. Yeah, they should have yeah. shamed. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, yeah, he should have been publicly shamed. That other voice you heard a second ago was the one and only uh, Chris Cookie Cook. <laughs> What's going on? He's uh, he's here today. Uh, smarting, I would have to imagine. Smarting after his Green Bay Packers, like choking dogs. Had a chance to go to the playoffs, but will now not. I want Aaron Rodgers out of Green Bay. I thought they were going to yeah, win it all. Are you? Are you? I, that was my pick to win it all, wasn't it? So we're going to have to redo the NFL picks this week. We'll find a day where uh, Cookie's not traveling with uh, Busimi in his suitcase with him. Maybe and... some MVP picks too. Ooh, that should be fun. What are they? They don't announce that till like right before the Super Bowl, don't they? That's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it the day? But I, or we the can, day before we can maybe yeah. revisit. We can maybe revisit our our MVP picks. Okay. Yeah. We got to get Pilkington on the phone if we're going to do a pick before the playoffs. Every time I go back when because, we do this thing and I check out Phillips, his is always like he never uses their real name. He comes up with these old archaic nicknames for these teams, and I have to like read a book to figure out who he's talking about. <laughs> to read an old book from the fifties, like like when he would call the White Sox the Pale Hose. Or something. Yeah, exactly. Example, right? Wait, wait. Who is this? Yeah, the Red Stockings. I hear you. All right, who's the Red Stockings? Got to go look that up now. Right, Cookie. Who's the, who are the Red Stockings? I would say the Red Sox. There, no, the Reds. No, there's uh, the, the Red Reds, Sox. Yeah. The Red Cincinnati Reds or the Red Stockings originally. 
See, you're you're right, Ben. You got to read a novel. Exactly, You've got to go to the yeah. Encyclopedia Britannica to find this stuff. <laughs> out. Hey, that's Philip, though. I mean, he's the king of like useless sports knowledge. It's useless. It's useless for sure. It it certainly is. So we'll find a day where even if we get the guys on the phone, uh, where we'll go and we'll do our picks before the weekend, before the NFL playoffs. Is that fair, Cookie? That's fair. Okay. Ben, you've already – wasn't it nice, Ben, to kind of go into yesterday knowing you're not playing for anything, you're just wrapping up the season? I mean, it's, it's not, but you didn't – think of all the pressure Cookie and angst that Cookie had all day yesterday. And his cable and went out. it was – Yeah. He, oh, I was cussing and like – oh, man, I was so mad. It was the only so channel you're... that wouldn't work. Every other channel, but uh, – Oh, really? That, yeah, I was so upset. Wow. Maybe they're doing you a favor. So you had to go somewhere else to watch. So he had to go somewhere else to watch the game. He's already got angst because his team, it was a win and get in situation. They didn't play great. So he probably had this fear, feel of dread exacerbated during the game. And Cookie, you had to go on the road and do it. You you were like Detroit. You had to go on the road. You had to go somewhere else to watch this. Yep. I come to think of that. That couldn't have been. It was not a pleasant any experience. Uh, now yeah. I'm disappointed in him ashamed in them. I, I want Aaron Rodgers out. That That's the problem. Come to think of it, there didn't seem like there was a single good game yesterday. Like, I was desperately seeking out good games, and all of them were, like, low-scaring, scoring, like, terrible games, including the, the Panthers. Two one. more – well, yeah, I mean, that was competitive. I don't. It was, certainly wasn't a good game. Yeah, no, well, not a good game at all. I guess uh, Lovey Smith going for two and winning. Yeah, yeah, to cost him the first <laughs> overall pick. Which I blame. <laughs> that's exactly why he got fired right there. Like they did not delay. Probably, the inevitable. yeah. They're like, that's it. He that called us. That probably didn't help his cause. I can't see that helping his cause. But what is going on in Houston that they've got two straight one and duns? Well, Lovey Smith should have never go. been a head coach in the first. Oh no, place. I, he was I, I agree with yeah. you there. Yeah, he he had not done enough to to warrant that, but and he certainly didn't do enough when he went for two yesterday. And won the he, game. He did more than the cost enough. Cost of the back. first round, the overall pick. Did more than enough, actually. Too much, almost. Uh, I guess we could get into some NFL since we're starting there. We'll, uh, we could continue some of that. Uh, the college championship tonight, uh, again, they're not letting him tailgate in Los Angeles. Cookie, we've got a poll on we Twitter. Do. Is it pinned to the top now? It is pinned to the top. All right, what do you got? Okay, What's the so question? What's what are the answers? The question is just straight up who you got. Uh fifty-four percent got TCU and forty-six percent have Georgia. Ben, you buying or selling that? I'm not buying that at all. I got Georgia not only winning but covering the spread, so by a mile. I think I think Georgia rolls. I uh, yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. I'm I mean, I don't I don't happen. think it's I hope it's not like I don't I mean I don't think it's gonna be like forty nine three, but I, I think Georgia's 17 or more point favorite tonight. I think it's comfortable. Has TCU had like a decisive, like, beat down victory this year? This year? I, I mean, all their games well, have I'm been sure, kind yeah, of gets to the like, wire. Yeah. Yeah. Iowa State or something late in the year. But I mean, they've, they've lived on the edge. And I just, I just don't think, I, I'm not sure the talent is there. Um, Sonny Dykes says this is new territory for Texas Christian University. Uh, cut four on today's vast soundbite roster that Cookie slaved and put together for us uh, this event 
Uh, it's been a heck of a week for us. Um, this is our, obviously our first time to be on a stage like this. And, you know, our players have um, really responded well to, to the challenge of taking all this in uh, because it's new for us and it's uncharted territory for most of our players. Uh, you've heard me say this before, but we have four players on our team uh, that had ever participated in a bowl game. Kirby Smart is uh, saying that making the title game is a tremendous honor. Tremendous honor to be here. You know, 130-something teams start out trying to achieve this, and there's two left. <clears throat> and uh, I, I think it speaks volumes to the character of both teams, um, the way each team has been able to win football games. Um, I, I think so much is overrated about talent and what so many people put into uh, the game of football when, when a team cares about each other and they have uh, a lot of intangibles and, and really good players at the right positions, it, it makes for a special group. Vince Panthers won in walk-off fashion over New Orleans. First time since 2015 they swept the, uh, the Aints. And uh, Steve Wilkes talked about his team's identity. The physicality and the effort, uh, being number one, uh, playing smart, and most importantly, the last one is finished. So uh, in all three phases, the guys showed up today. So, Ben, uh, we're done. You've seen the full product under Steve Wilkes. It looks like, by the way, that uh, it was reported over the weekend that uh, they have decided to well, it looks like the Harbaugh stuff was initiated by Harbaugh, which is odd. Yeah, he said he was uh, and, enthusiastically excited to coach Michigan in 2023, but he's reaching out to other teams for head coaching gigs. Right. He's a liar. Well, well, Ben, we all coaches lie. We know that. But what I guess I'm saying is uh, they're interested in Jim Caldwell and Frank Reich. And uh, two ex-Colts coaches, by the way. Two, and like, I guess Steve Wilkes is receiving consideration. Two failures. Uh, I mean, we celebrate Caldwell because he was the best head coach for the Lions for like the past decade, and that's not saying much. He, he got him an eight-win season. So what? So do you think Steve Wilkes is the guy then? Because I, I could make the same argument in mediocrity about Steve Wilkes. That's true, but uh, look – Given the scenario, Steve Wilkes, um, you know, he took over a horrendous regime after Matt Rule, was kind of thrown to the fire, um, and he built it. He kind of built this team back to what the Panthers' brand of football needs to be, which is run first, a team built on defense. The only thing that really bothered me about Steve Wilkes was down the stretch when he needed to treat these games like playing games, almost for the NBA. His play calling was too conservative. And the fact that he uh, fired our defensive coordinator at the beginning of the year that had us as a top ten defense. Um, other than that, I can't. Complain well, but too that much. was a yeah. personality conflict, right? Yeah. Either way, it, it didn't play in our favor because our defense took a hit down the stretch for sure. But um, nonetheless, you know, I think the locker room's behind him, which is hard to do nowadays in the NFL. And uh, we played some competitive football down the stretch, and he made Sam Darnold, besides yesterday, uh, look like a Whoa, competent quarterback wait a in the NFL. 
Don't don't say made him a competent quarterback because yesterday that was yeah, some JV beside, oh, that's why some JV him, football yeah. level stuff yesterday. Pretty bad, yeah. I'll give it to him. It's pretty bad, but Cookie, you say? notice everything's we and us now with Ben and the Panthers. Oh yeah, he's back. back he's back on the train. Well, I've always maintained that it's been we and us, and I want him gone, but I uh, I would say you separated from him there a little bit. You separated for a always, little bit. I feel like every week I always said a we, despite the fact that we would lose. We'll review the tape. Packers lose. Aaron Rodgers is not ready to decide his future just yet. Cut eight. I mean, it's a little raw right now. You know, it's just a little bit after the game. So I want to take the emotion out of it and have the conversations and see where the organization's at and see how I feel after some time has passed. Get that piece and of then- garbage out of Green Bay. <laughs> And then the Lions, their head coach, Dan Campbell, who's a maniac, says this was the perfect way to end the season. Perfect note to end on. They're not going to the playoffs because Seattle won, but they spoil the Packers. They wanted to prove something, and they did that. This team has just hung in there all year long. I said it. It's a special group, and the hard part of this is that it's over. If you got to go down that one, if it's the last one for the season, then, man, uh, what better way to go out? Gotta give the Lions credit. I mean, they knew that they were in trouble or, or had nothing to play for. And um tell you what, we'll take a break, come back and do a uh, pirate report, maybe a couple other pieces of audio from this. Uh so stay tuned for that. Rini and Goli will be on with us a little bit later on in the pre uh, the program to preview the national championship game tonight. So uh stay tuned. More to come after this. Online or on the go. Love it. Log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com. To listen to our top-rated programs throughout the day. You need to. Tell your smart speaker to stream 94.3 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. Other restaurants claim their food is fresh and fast, but are they friendly? At Moore's, you're treated like family the minute you walk into their doors. With locations in Winterville, New Bern, Swansboro, Moorhead City, and Jacksonville, we've been practicing what we preach since 1945. At Moore's, our barbecue is slow-cooked and smoked over real wood daily until it's so tender it's falling off the bone. Combined with our fresh chicken, cooked-to-order seafood, and homemade fixins, we're sure you'll agree. If it's not Moore's, it's less. Tis the season for connection, and U.S. Cellular is celebrating by offering any phone free for everyone. Any brand, any storage, for new and current customers. Plus, our price protection guarantee means that your rates won't go up. That's locally grown connection. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Visit us in-store or online for details on getting any phone free today. Hey, you've been waiting all year to replace your old phone, and now the Christmas deals are finally here. The team at Cellular Warehouse is loaded up with free phones for everybody. That's right, free, baby. Don't wait because these deals will not last for long. Call Toby Williams today at 252-799-7051 and let one of their experienced sales associates come right to your office or home. Cellular Warehouse, your local U.S. Cellular authorized agent. The only agents that deliver phones, tablets, and routers right to your front door. Call them today at 252-799-7051. Greenville's top sports show is back. Well, isn't that special? The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. 
Coming up later in the week, Mike Houston will be with us. We'll uh, put a bow on the uh, season and where everything kind of goes from uh, here uh, as far as between now and the spring game and uh, what he can say about some of those that have uh, they're going to be playing for the Pirates. I guess you got to be enrolled out of the portal. But uh, we'll talk to Coach about what uh, the program's uh, steps are moving forward. Uh, that's coming up later on uh, this week. We're uh, anticipating tomorrow uh, maybe a guest on this sports gambling uh, bill that could be introduced as soon as Wednesday when the General Assembly reconvenes. They've got to get this sports legalizing sports gambling. I mean, people are going – it's costing the state a ton of money because people are people are doing it and they're just going elsewhere to do it. And – I've, I have it on really good authority that uh, there are people ready to go. A mechanism is already in place to how it's going to be run. That mechanism is just waiting for the green for the lawmakers to basically get their uh, act together. Donna King, who is uh, a politico, and back in my news days in Raleigh, worked with uh, Donna on air. Uh, told us this morning on Talk of the Town that she thinks that uh, there are enough votes for this to happen. So we will see. All right, let's do today's Pirate Report. All right, I'll just, are we ready? I'll just jump in, Ben. No need for the, no need for the intro. I'll just jump in. Let me know when the, are we good on the audio bites though? All right, Kim McNeil, women's basketball, their best start uh, since the 13-14 season. And Coach McNeil uh, gave her thoughts after uh, the win against Tulane yesterday at home. Yeah, I mean, we, we really grinded it out there at the end. You know, I, I didn't feel like we came out in the first half with the energy we needed on defense. We let number three get too many wide-open shots, you know, so we, we went back and forth, man zone, man zone. But at the end of the day, we got to stick with who we are, you know, went back to our one-two-two. She praised the uh, game of Danae McNeil, who was named the American uh, Player of the Week earlier uh, today. Yeah, you know, she went through a little slump there in, in the uh, preseason play, and um, I really feel like she's really turned it on. I mean, what you saw tonight is what we see in practice. You know, but when she can – how many steals did she have? She had uh, three steals today. <laughs> so the stat is anytime she gets three steals, she scores 19 or more points. You know, because wow. it all starts on a defensive end for her. But, you know, she was feeling it tonight from the three. The kid's a gym rat. She wants to be good. She stays in the gym all the time. So, you know, when she has games like this, it's not surprising. Kim McNeil wants the team to control the paint. Yeah, we want to be in control of the paint. You know, when you talk about the paint, we want to get to the rim, we want to control the boards, and we just feel like when we can rebound on both ends of the floor, on the defensive end, it allows us to get in transition, and then on the offensive end, it's easy opportunities to score. So, good for uh, ECU women's basketball. Off to a good start. You know, they're playing at noon on Wednesday at Temple. Well, there's no... is. Or they have an education day. I, I I would assume. And here's the other thing. Too. I, I, I'm not so sure the students are back at Temple yet. Like at certain schools, the students don't come back to like the after the 15th or something. And Temple might be one of those. I'm for Even that. if it's not, that's probably that's probably what they're doing is education day. What do you think of that, Ben? Yeah. I like the concept of education day. I remember personally. education day as a kid. We uh, actually went to East Women's basketball game. It was a neat little deal. It was a neat deal for sure. But um, this late in the season in conference play, I'm not a fan of it. That's tough. 
Yeah, that's yeah. tough. That's that's more of a pre-conference activity. Yeah, you're think. playing. Cookie, like, what do you think of? Go ahead, Ben. I was just saying you're playing a Delaware State or something in a kind of a non-con game or a pay-to-play game. Yeah, makes sense. What what is yeah. that? I don't know. What what is education? Yeah. He, he so it started with. Have it. Yeah, well, it, the, Cookie's education might be in question here. They went to this in minor league baseball years ago where they would have like early in the season when they couldn't, you know, kids, people weren't going to the games because kids are still in school and, you know, families have stuff to do at the end of the school year. They're still playing minor league baseball in like April and May. Well, they started having these education days. So they'd play the game at like 10 or 11 in the morning. And they'd have like a local, local schools bring kids or like local summer camps bring kids. Like a, for a middle of the week game, like a Tuesday or Wednesday game, right? That sounds like a and they pack idea. it, yeah, and they pack it out because, you know, and and the people at the schools loved it because it was a field trip, and the kids loved it because it was a field trip. But they do have to leave at a certain time. So I I remember doing one of those game minor league games years ago, and it sounds like the beginning of cheap trick at the Budokan because all the little kids are squealing at the beginning. Oh, it's and they're hell. just sque- it's you know they're. they're they're, they're screaming the whole time because they don't know what's going on. But it's like the little shrill voices screaming. Like a lot of little cookies sitting there screaming <laughs> with the shrill high voices. And then, um, but they had to leave. And then when they leave, there's nobody at the game. There's like, it, it's like the pandemic era where there's nobody at the game and it's dead silent. I, I did one of those games where that happened. It reached the point where the kids had to go back because, you know, the field trip was up, but the game ran long. Um. The other thing, Cookie, uh, they started doing it with women's basketball around the country, which I think makes sense because it allowed. I mean, the ECU's biggest crowd they had ever was an education. Day I think that's year. a. But I think go. That, that's a smart way to highlight women's basketball. I would say so. Yeah, I think it makes sense. Uh, all right, we got a couple of uh, cuts from the men's game. Tough second half for the pie. They were outscored twenty-two nothing. Had twenty-two turnovers. Uh, Mike Schwartz talked about the turnovers all week and said this was something that uh, he preached to the team uh, prior to the game against Memphis. For two days, that's all we talked about in terms of the guys seeing it, feeling it. We worked on it with, you know, in our, our practice day. And, uh, you know, but it's it, when you get out here, you, you know, you got to be able to execute. We had some turnovers in the first half that were different. They weren't the same, you know. They, they weren't versus the pressure. We've tried to feed the post two different times and had turnovers. But we took care of the basketball for the most part in the full court. In the second half, they elevated their intensity, elevated their pressure, and uh, you know our you know our guard play really struggled to be honest with you to handle the basketball. Um, we have uh, one more from Coach Swartz. He uh, praised the play of Brandon Johnson. Yeah, he did. You know, and Brandon had to play at the four and the five, and uh, you know he hit some. You know, he hit some shots, especially in the first half. He was getting some good looks from behind the arc, and he played a heavy, heavy minute load in 38 minutes today. But, uh, you know, he took care of the basketball, too, with, with one turnover. But our guards, we, we struggled to handle the basketball today. I think between our guards, our starting one, two, and three, we end up with 15 turnovers of the 22, and that's a, that's a high number. Your guards are turning it over. It is. That was a tough, uh, tough day at the office in the second half. Pirates, uh, I thought... Obviously played well enough to get a double-figure lead, uh, withstood kind of an early Memphis rush. Ben, did you know that uh, neither team could get in the arena the night before? 
Oh, Did you know that? Oh my goodness, what happened this time? Because I know what happened at the uh, Florida Gulf Coast Showcase. That was that was a disaster. What was this? What happened here exactly? At SmackDown. Oh really? You yeah. watched SmackDown, right? It's, How was it? I it was terrible. They what had the SmackDown event? in Memphis. I couldn't tell. I couldn't make it. <laughs> I tried to, because it's the time of year where if you ever have watched wrestling, you want to get into wrestling. This is the year because Rumble, of Mania is coming around, right? Yeah. WrestleMania from Los Angeles Chamber. where the football game is tonight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But it's just, it's unwatchable. It is just unwatchable. We ended up watching something else. Pretty bad, yeah. Hey, Vince coming back, though. What it was. No chance. Yeah, we, I heard we reported that on. Well, so there's two. Uh, so we reported that on Friday. And he's apparently coming back for one of two things. To either sell it, as you say, Cookie. Or negotiate the new media rights deal, or both. I think he's going to negotiate the media rights. No, I don't think so. I think he's frail, and I can't see that happening. He did it last year, just last year. Remember, he did it. Well, but it was it was cringy. Let's be honest. It It was was really bad. It was terrible. Cookie Vince McMahon graduated from East Carolina, Harvard of the South, as he puts it. Yeah, Harvard on the Tar River. They got a little plaque of him in the Bait Business Building. Do they really? They do. That's the only thing I've seen of him in uh, on EC's campus. Well, in Logan's or no, is it Texas Roadhouse where they have the little mural of him in there? He's drinking uh, beer with like know. a couple other celebrities from ECU. But it's a mural. It's not a picture. Yeah, it's just like something somebody painted out there. It's odd. All right, uh, Ben, you ready for? I, I tell you one other thing here. We have a couple extra minutes. Um, so we, we mentioned so far, Lovey Smith and, uh, Cliff Kingsbury shown the door today, Mike Florio on Sean McVay, possibly stepping down. He steps down and there is a growing sense that he will. My understanding, it's not because of burnout or he wants to get into TV. He won his Super Bowl and now he's looking at a multi-year rebuild that he just doesn't want to be a part of. And if he does choose to step away, think about the ripple effects that this may cause. Defensive tackle Aaron Donald almost retired last year. What would he do? And quarterback Matthew Stafford, who's had plenty of injuries, has a $57 million guarantee that fully vests in March. Will the new coach want Matthew Stafford or want to move on? A lot of questions beginning with with will Sean McVay be back? Benjamin, what do you think of that? He doesn't want to stay for the rebe. He doesn't want to stay because it's going to be hard is what the sentiment I heard on Twitter was. Yeah, that, that's absolutely terrible. Uh, that, this, is just the, this is the air of the NFL we're in right now. When things the going gets tough, it's time to leave. I, 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 Cookie? I, I just don't completely understand it whatsoever. I, I, would, I would take it even farther than what Ben said. I would say that's kind of like the deal with all sports right now. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. Well, and here's the other thing about any kind of rebuild, as we've seen in Texas, with the Texans just, I mean, one and done for two years in a row, right? Yeah. Uh, in Charlotte, Tepper really didn't, they, they sure as hell didn't stick to that multi-year plan, did they, Ben? No, yeah, the seven-year plan, like Jay-Z, as Matt Rule like to put it. Well, see, and it was funny. After the fact, Rule said, well, it was more of a four-year plan or three-year plan. <laughs> they didn't even give him that. Yeah. I mean, it just, you got to have a plan. Yeah. Got to have a plan. Yeah, can All I, right. Can uh, I go reading, out on a limb here real quick, though? 
Yeah. I think yeah, McVay's whole tenure, you know, he's always been praised as the next big young head coach, and everybody should want to be like him. I feel like his whole tenure's been massively overrated and a huge disappointment. I mean, think of all the talent he's had what? on that team, one Super Bowl, and then he falls it Well, they've only been together really season. one – how long was he the head coach there? Uh, For maybe about – it's probably been six years. Been to two Super Bowls. It's been that long? Yeah, it's been a while. You remember because he went to a Super Bowl already, and he – Sucked it up. Because he was there when Todd Gurley was there. He was there when Brady okay. was still of New England. I don't doubt you. I just... Yeah, you're right. He's yeah. been there since 2017. Yeah, he's been there a while. And they, you're right. They lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That was like an ugly Super Bowl, Terrible too. They Super were Super Bowl. Awful. One. Worst totally one shut down. Seen live. Worst one. Yeah. They were shut out. So you're right. Yeah. I don't know, Ben. Won a Super Bowl, got to two of them. Yeah. Made the divisional game, uh, made the playoffs two other times. Uh, uh, this is the only year they've had a losing record. I mean, I, I it, it's maybe not as, it's maybe not as uh, crazy as we think that he's leaving because he has been there, what, seven seasons? Yeah. He's probably made his money as well. I mean, he, he came from like he was an offensive coordinator for like the Redskins before that, so maybe he was just lucky right, to yeah. be there and lucky for his success or happy for the success that he probably never even saw happen to himself. I mean, he literally came from the Redskins. I don't remember this high dynamic offense that was under Sean McVay with the Redskins, so maybe he was underqualified for the position anyways, and it worked out for him. Good on him. I can maybe see it now, but he's only thirty-seven. But he could get hired somewhere else, right? Panthers, if he wants to. Panthers, I mean, they're looking for that young offensive mind. You know, Tepper likes to dish I, out money and guaranteed money. If I, that. I like that. I would hate, probably it. I have to, hate it, but you'd I mean, have to. Got to compensate the Rams with something, obviously. Yeah. But this guy's. But if he doesn't want to rebuild. In, if he doesn't want to rebuild in Los Angeles, why would he want to rebuild in Charlotte, though? Yeah, that's even worse. Stafford didn't even want to come to Charlotte. That's true. I don't even want to go to Charlotte. Uh, the good news, the good, the good news is Demar Hamlin is uh, back in Buffalo, so there's some good news there. I thought it was cool. Naheem Hines started the game off yesterday with a uh, touchdown, kickoff return, and then had another one in the game. Uh, that was uh, good stuff. So good that uh, Hamlin is back. Boy, what a crazy week it has been, and. Look, he's back. And my new team, Ben, uh -oh. my Jacksonville Jaguars in the playoffs. Hey, Tony Khan and uh, Zay Jones embracing after the game. Two of oh, our worlds come that. together there. Worlds colliding. Yeah. All right, uh, Ben B-Baby Byron with the 94-3 The Game Sports Update, and then we're going to have Rini Ingoli, ESPN College football analyst, talking uh, EC or uh, talking the national championship game. And uh, a little bit from bowl season two with Reedy. Uh, we'll get all that uh, with him going uh, right after this. Ben with the 94-3 The Game update.
Thanks, Patrick. Turnovers doomed East Carolina. The second half as ECU fell 69-59 to Memphis on Saturday on the hardwood to drop its second straight game in conference play. The Pirates were up by as much as 11 points in the first half, ultimately 22 turnovers from ECU, and a 22-0 run from Memphis in the second half would be too much for the Pirates to overcome. Pirate first-year head coach Mike Schwartz on the loss. I think if we're able to at least take care of the ball a little bit better, I, it, you know, Memphis does a great job with their pressure. They turn it over, they convert, they score a lot of their offense off of defensive turnovers. But uh, you know, we we were really poor in the second half, being strong with the ball and understanding that you have to attack that pressure uh, not only just to survive, but you have to try and get them out of it by scoring versus it. And um, but we couldn't even get to that layer because we had a hard time getting it out of the trap and, and being able to make passes without getting the ball deflected. East Carolina back in action this week at Cincinnati on the hardwood. ECU football getting a pair of transfer portal commits this weekend. Parts added experienced at defensive back with a top performer at the FCS level in the form of Elon Safety Amar Rogers. The defensive back has two years of eligibility remaining. Just days after losing a key piece of the backfield and Keaton Mitchell, the Pirates picked up an immediate contributor at the position from transfer portal and Georgia Southern running back Gerald Green. A graduate from Georgia Southern, Green will reunite with his former running backs coach Chris Foster right here in Greenville. Foster originally recruited Green out of high school. He coached him during the 2019 and 2020 seasons before coming to ECU. And ECU picked up a wide receiver transfer in the form of former Georgia Tech wideout Ryan King. The rising junior appeared in 22 games the last two seasons for the Ramblin' Wreck. King has two years of eligibility remaining. Fueled by Danae McNeil's career-high 26 points, the East Carolina women's basketball team defeated Tulane 63-53 on Sunday in Minji's Coliseum. Farmville native Amaya Joyner recorded another double-double in the victory as the Pirates used an 11-0 run to pull away late. East Carolina's 11-5 and off to a 2-1 start in the AAC. The Pirates are off to the program's best start through 16 games since 2013-2014 en route to a WNIT appearance. And Carolina kicker Eddie Pinero drilled a game-winning 42-yard field goal as time expired to send the Panthers to a low-scoring NFC South rivalry win over New Orleans. The Panthers defeated the Saints 10-7 to complete their first season sweep of their division rival for the first time since 2015. Sam Darnold completed 5-15 passes for just 43 yards and two interceptions and a tough showing for Carolina's passing game. Listen, it's the NFL. A lot of teams go through a lot of things. Um, but for us, the way we battled through what has happened um, so far this year, um, you know, just really proud of the guys and, and the resiliency. And Offensive lineman Michael Jordan scored the lone touchdown of the day for the Panthers on a fumble recovery in the end zone. The Panthers finished the season 7-10 and, and are slated to pick ninth overall in April's draft. Panthers finished 6-6 six and six under interim head coach Steve Wilkes. That's going to do it for 94 through the game sports update. This 94 through the game sports update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIL initiative directly supporting Pirate student athletes. For information on how to donate, go to teamboneyard.org. On their side, we'll hear from ESPN college football analyst Rennie Angolia with the P-Man as he talks the college football national championship later tonight between Georgia and TCU. That all comes away on the other side right here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Eastern North Carolina's home for the Adam Gold Show. Come on in. Weekdays at noon, right here on Eastern Carolina's home for sports. I love sports. And the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. 
Attention duck hunters. Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop just outside of Greenville is the premier shop for all your duck hunting supplies. And it's a Benelli, Stoger, and Franchi shotgun dealer. Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop carries the most sought-after duck loads, such as Kent Fast Steel 2.0, Heavy Steel and Heavy Metal, Federal Black Cloud, Remington Nitro Steel and Hypersonic, Winchester Blindside and Royal Blue Steel, and Chokes by Pattern Master and Carlson. They also carry green headgear decoys by Avery, Mojo Motorized Decoys, Decoy Weights and Cord, Avery Blinds and Real Grass. Greenville Marine has a great selection on banded waders, clothing and much more. Everything you need for a successful duck hunt, all under one roof. So why go anywhere else? Head to Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop just outside of Greenville on Marine Drive beside Greenville Marine. Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop is open Monday through Friday 8.30 to 5.30 and Saturday 8.30 to 12.30. Everything you need for duck hunting at Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop. Attention duck hunters! Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop just outside of Greenville is the premier shop for all your duck hunting supplies and is a Benelli, Stoger, and Franchi shotgun dealer. Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop carries the most sought-after duck loads, such as Kent Fast Steel 2.0, Heavy Steel and Heavy Metal, Federal Black Cloud, Remington Nitro Steel and Hypersonic, Winchester Blindside and Royal Blue Steel, and Chokes by Pattern Master and Carlson. They also carry green headgear decoys by Avery, Mojo Motorized decoys, decoy weights, and cord, Avery blinds, and real grass. Greenville Marine has a great selection on banded waders, clothing, and much more. Everything you need for a successful duck hunt, all under one roof. So why go anywhere else? Head to Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop just outside of Greenville on Marine Drive beside Greenville Marine. Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop is open Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 5.30, and Saturday, 8.30 to 12.30. Everything you need for duck hunting at Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop. Need $1,000 to $10,000 immediately for a gift for someone special, car repairs, or unexpected expenses? Time Financing Service offers competitive loan rates. Apply online and get your answer in less than an hour in most cases. Then you can pick up the cash at any of our 24 convenient locations. Apply online 24-7 at timefinancing.com. That's timefinancing.com. Time Financing Service. All loans subject to current credit policy of Time Financing Service. One-hour loan approval and same-day cash in most circumstances. Exceptions may apply. Pirates, Panthers, the P-Man. Oh, my. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game right now. Did you guys see the uh, guy from uh, Jacksonville play the anthem before the Jags-Titans game? I did not. I didn't either. Google that during the interview. He's like a local musician in Jacksonville. And it's very, it's like the most Florida thing ever. The guy's got a skullet and then like American flag guitar. It's a really cool rendition of the anthem. Uh, We go to Florida where the great Rini Angolia, not a Florida man, joins us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, Let me, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, Rini. Happy New Year to you, by the way, buddy. Happy New Year to you, Patrick, as well. I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I do not see your name on the just-released College Football Hall of Fame class, and that's a travesty from where I yeah, am. Well, yeah, well, I would have known Saturday because uh, they, they uh, FedEx you a ball in the mail, so you end up knowing a little ahead of time. Except for Tim Tebow, uh-huh. ESPN did a phenomenal job on uh, Championship Drive today, surprising him. Steve Hatchell, the president oh. of the National Football Foundation, came out, which was really nice. I mean, 
very deserving. But I, it's funny. So I've been on the ballot now, Patrick. It's going to be like 10 or 11 years. I feel like Congress. I don't know. Maybe maybe eventually I'll get a vote <laughs> where I can get in. Who knows? We'll see. Ben, what do you say? Just on the nickname alone, he should get in, right? But you got to say the nickname Ben's- first, Patrick. The Rochester Rocket. Absolutely. Yeah, when you put it like that, I mean, that's the number one overall pick right there. He's on the Mount Rushmore. I think. I think. I think so. You got a fan in Ben, Rini, at yeah, least, right? Well, I, can, I need all the fans <laughs> I can get. So, How do you know we're not going to surprise you during this interview with your inclusion? Well, I know you have a lot of clout, and uh, but you know I'm just going <laughs> to no, go on a, on a hunch and no say clout. probably not. But it would have been a great surprise if you could have pulled it off. We'll work on it. All right. Um, Rini Agolia, college football analyst for ESPN. Uh, he's been a busy guy during bowl season and in the aftermath. We've got uh, the Horned Frogs and the Bulldogs tonight. Uh, give us a little preview on the matchup. Yeah, so I had TCU earlier in the year, and if I told you back then I thought they were going to make it to the championship game, uh, I'd be lying. I mean, I knew they were a good team, and I had them, uh, and it it was actually uh, Max Duggan's first actual start after Chandler Morris got hurt. So at that point, you you just assumed, I mean, I did as as an analyst, that Chandler Morris would be reinserted back in as the starter. But, I mean, from that game on, that was the SMU game, the Iron Skillet, which is a big rivalry game. Max Duggan just got better and better and better. And then the guy ends up in New York and is a Heisman finalist and uh, has just rode the wave. So, listen, I know the point spread's like 13 and a half, 14. Someone just called me about it. Um, that's a lot of points. I like Georgia tonight, but TCU is not going to go away. They've just been there every game this year, whether they're behind, you know, they're going to come back and just. And the thing with, I think the thing tonight is, I think Georgia, um, you know, with Kirby Smart, that defense and kind of old school. They're going to stop the run first, right? So I think um, Quentin Johnson, the big wide receiver, 6'4", 215 for uh, TCU. He's going to be a big target, but I really think the key is for TCU is is Max Duggan making plays with his feet and not necessarily called quarterback runs, those, those spontaneous runs where he gets out of containment, he gets out of the pocket, and he takes off 15, 18, 20 yards. I think that's key. And then uh, for a team like TCU against the Georgia defense, first down's key, too. Um, if they can average around four yards on first down, I mean, that that they'll have a good chance of winning the game. But at Does Stetson big, Bennett get enough? Spot. Yeah. Does Stetson Bennett get enough credit? He doesn't. He doesn't. Now, I will say this. I don't think Stetson Bennett played well against Ohio State last week. And they still mm-hmm. won. No. And he still made plays. But he just seemed a little off. But, no, he does not. As a matter of fact, there was some national columnists, um, you know, the quote-unquote experts. I guess I'm a quote-unquote expert. That they just kind of – they still don't want to give the kid his credit. And I'm just like, he's a Heisman finalist. He won a national championship last year. I mean, yeah, he, he – I guess he does – and maybe it's because he doesn't look the part. You know, 5'11", 190, just this kind of gritty guy. But – but he's a he's an elite quarterback. I, I I don't based on what he's done, he's an elite quarterback. And if he wins a second national championship, I mean, give me a break, right? So yeah, I agree with you in the in your thought process, and I, I think you agree too that he does not get the credit. The thing tonight, um, if you're a Georgia fan, 
and you didn't see it last week in the semifinal was Brock Bowers, right? The the big tight end that can run and mm-hmm. he's he's a matchup nightmare and they give him the ball on jet sweeps. I, I'm looking for Brock Bowers to have a big night tonight connecting with Stetson Bennett. We've got uh Rainey and Gully, a college football analyst on the line with us uh here. And uh Rini is uh breaking down Georgia TCU. Hey Cookie, kill the uh mic on that connection there real quick, please. Uh, thanks cookie. Uh, sorry about that. Rini. As far as the, uh, as far as the, uh, defense goes for Georgia, it's, it's kind of been the Bailey wick all year and look, Georgia's fallen behind and even some regular season games back against Ohio state was, uh, really fantastic. And I think it shows not only how gritty Bennett is, but just how gritty and how much resolve this team has. So, I hear what you're saying about Duggan. I hear what you're saying about a lot of things that TCU could present offensively, but the Georgia defense is just lights out. Well, they are from top to bottom. And, you know, you look at Keely Ringo, uh, one of the corners, it's going to be matched up with, with Quentin Johnson. And he's, he's a first round player and there's multiple first round players there. That defensive line is always stout. I mean, always, they, they always have really good defensive front. The thing, though, last week, it just – they looked kind of, you know, out of shape. And I think what happens is, is there's such a layoff, right, from your championship game or the last game of your season through these bowl games. And, and I think it's hard for coaching staffs and the, uh, the strength and conditioning staffs. Like, how hard do you work the players, right? You want them rested and you want them healed up. And it, they just kind of looked tired last week, Um so I'll be that's one thing I'll be watching tonight and early. Does that defense look like they got some juice and are they flying around the football and are they making plays? Can Georgia, regardless of uh win or loss tonight, can they sustain this kind of level of excellence? I mean, Clemson has seemed to have taken a step back, for example. Bama has not is not here this year in the playoff at all. And and I know that's gonna change as far as availability for teams in the playoffs coming up, but do you think Georgia's poised that we're going to start saying Georgia and, and not necessarily Alabama or Clemson every year? Well, I, no, I think they're poised to do it, but I mean, they're, they're going to do what kind of Alabama did a few years back, really was right in the thick of thing every year. And I mean, as you said, Clemson was there too. Um, they're going to, and, and you hit on it. I mean, when we go to the 12-team playoff, I mean, expect to see Georgia there every year. Because if they don't win – the SEC, the chance of them being one of the six at large is, is you know, is, is very high. And for that matter, you, you know, I think Alabama is going to reload as well. I mean, I did Under Armour, the All-American practices this week, and, uh, you know, everyone wants to talk about the transfer portal, and I get it because it's crazy and it's out of control. But Nick Saban, he's got, like, the number one recruiting class. Again, and Georgia's got a great recruiting class, too, but – He's got about 14 guys he's bringing in, and there was about seven or eight at the Under Armour game. R- ridiculous. So uh, you still, even though you want to use that transfer portal, you still got to bring young kids in. You still got to develop them. And it, it helps when you bring in five-star All-Americans, right, uh, as your young kids. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. Rini Angoli, uh, ESPN college football analyst uh, with us uh, here. Willie Fritz signed uh, an extension through 2030 today with uh, Tulane. You talk about great comebacks. What we saw on January 2nd was uh, amazing. I mean, down 15 with four minutes to go and 
to come back and win that game. Unreal. Uh, we had talked about prior to yeah. bowl season about, you know, the American being poised to, to maybe, you know, be the uh, part of that so-called P6 moniker that uh, Mike Oresco uh, touts. Uh, but I, I, I think having – I said at the time, I think it was good to have Tulane in in the New Year's Six Bowl. In other words, win the, the, win the American. That was a good thing for the AAC. It was a great thing for the AAC that they were able to win against a brand name like USC. Think about this. If you're Mike Oresco and you're the commissioner, and I know he probably would never say this publicly, but in your mind, so you, you, know, you lose the three schools, right, UCF, Houston, Cincinnati, and, and, you know, it is what it is, right? But you have to be ecstatic if you're the commissioner of the American and Mike Oresco because the team that wins the conference isn't leaving, and then they go on and win the New Year's Six Bowl game in dramatic fashion, as you just said, with a come-behind win against USC. So you're sitting in a good spot if you're the American. Um, you know, so you, you bring back Willie Fritz and, and Tulane. You know, Memphis is always uh, – is is one of the teams that's always there. You know, ECU is a program that is now taking that next step up in the conference. You're going to add a UTSA. Uh, you're adding some other really good schools. So the Americans in uh, in good in good shape. And it's kind of prophetic with Mike Oresco how they had that that P6. They pushed that Power Six P6 P6. And now when the playoff changes, it will be a P6 because the top six conference champions will autom- highest ranked conference champions will automatically get in along with six at largest. So it kind of came to fruition uh, for the American. They've done a ni- they've done a nice job. And, you know, Willie Fritz, great job by Tulane to, to re-sign him. And we've talked about him, PJ, before. I'm a big fan of his and just a great job. And really, that come behind, come from behind win against UC, uh, USC uh, in the Cotton Bowl, kind of emblematic of the come from behind season that it had from going 2-10 and 10 last year to 12-2 and two this year. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, who do you got tonight, Reeny? Give us, uh, give us a winner. I got Georgia. I'm not, a, I'm not betting it because I said that spread, and not that I bet <laughs> anyway, but that spread is just too much for me. But I, I, I think Georgia ultimately gets it done. I think uh, the, the clock strikes midnight tonight on Cinderella for TCU. A phenomenal year. Sonny Dykes, first year there, coming from SMU. Nothing to hang their hats over, but I, I got Georgia tonight. Hey, thanks for the time here. Great to catch up with you, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon. You got it. Sounds good. Happy New Year. We'll talk. Yep, we will. There he goes, Rini Angolia, our friend, college football uh, analyst for uh, ESPN, the great Rini Angolia. All right, uh, a break. We'll come back, and we will uh, break things down. A final look at the Twitter poll, and a final look at He's done. Oh, we'll we'll, stri- we'll we'll get it between the navigational beacons here, and then we will uh, give a final look at the poll and uh, get you set for the rest of the evening uh, programming here and elsewhere on the Patrick Johnson Show. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates, ninety four three. The game. You don't have to go through yet another year of pain. 
knee pain, back pain, people with chronic joint pain, well, they're getting real lasting relief from QC Kinetics. Patrick Johnson here. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in advanced regenerative medicine. Their unique protocols use healing agents from your own body to target aching joints. You got shoulder pain, excruciating hip pain, even if you have any arthritis pain or lingering pain from an injury. Don't let them operate on you and give you more steroids. Say no to the pain pills. Call QC Kinetics and see if their life-changing, all-natural treatments can get you living your best life in the new year. I'm telling you, people are raving about these treatments. This is the future of joint pain management, and appointments are available as soon as next week. Make 2023 the year you say goodbye to joint pain. Call QC Kinetics now for a free consultation, 252-765-PAIN. QC Kinetics, 252-765-PAIN. This is about you, your family, and the health of all who live in Eastern North Carolina. This is about the transformation of a health system into something more powerful and more human, about creating new ways to treat disease and keep you well. This is about ECU Health, which is to say, it's really all about you. ECU Health. Minds. Hearts. Purpose. I'm Tim Sutton from Greenville Auto World. Trucks, trucks, trucks. Two-wheel drives, four-wheel drive. Extended cabs, crew cabs. You name it, we have it. Late model, low mileage, all brands. 15 liters to choose from for all of your financing options. Plus, we customize tires, rims, lift kits on site, no matter how large or small the job is. For an appointment, call us at Greenville Auto World on Charles Boulevard at 364-8730. Dear past, present, and future football watchers, you know why we're here. The football season is back! Woo! That means those pregame barbecues with an ice-cold Pepsi... Totally back. Your perfectly placed football watching corner seat, back and comfy as ever. 18 Sundays of touchdown scoring, Hail Mary throwing, ice cold Pepsi flowing football action. You better believe it's back. And since that's too amazing to miss a single second's worth, Pepsi is officially giving you permission to always put football first. And when we say always, we mean always. Like when your lawn is looking less like a lawn and more like a jungle. If the game's on, then the lawnmower ain't. And those gutters you haven't cleaned? Today is not their day. Or maybe those in-laws are back in town. Well, better hope they're football fans because your Sunday is completely booked. Long story short, crack open a Pepsi and don't let anything get between you and your football watching. With love, Pepsi. Made for football watching. <sighs> That's what I like. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. It's inside ECU Athletics with uh, Mike Schwartz. That'll follow us here in a matter of minutes. Uh, we've got uh, also the final Panther talk on our sister station, Talk 1037 WTIB. That's at 7 o'clock uh, tonight, so we've got you covered as far as uh, sports radio hashtag content goes uh, on air here uh, for the next couple of hours. And, of course, the national championship game tonight. Thanks to Rini Angolia from ESPN for being on with us. Cookie, uh, update us on the poll. All right. It is currently still the same that it was earlier. There's 50 votes total. We got 54% TCU, 46% Georgia. I'm going to disagree with our uh, followers, just being honest. 
the poll at 94.3, the game on Twitter. You can vote on it, uh, I think, right till kickoff. And uh, I go Georgia tonight. I think uh, they don't cover, but I think Georgia – I've actually revised that thinking. I think Georgia doesn't cover, but I think they win. See, I think they're going to beat the crap out of them. Okay. Benjamin, I know you don't care. But... Uh, Georgia by butt whooping. Uh, TCU, you know, the stage is a little too bright for them. Sonny Dykes was uh, underperforming at SMU. He's going to do the same here at TCU, and he's going to remember who he is. A loser. <laughs> I love when Patrick gets the Muttley laugh going like that. <laughs> the what laugh? You know, Muttley. Muttley, wacky race. He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I've never heard it called that, though. All right. Uh, look, sometimes with Ben, you just got to laugh. Yeah, you do. Yeah, sometimes the truth is just funny, ain't it? I. The truth is comical. Your take on the world is amusing. I'm not going to lie. It, it's a little amusing sometimes. I'm not going to lie to you. All right. Uh, will the General Assembly take up sports gambling when they convene? this Wednesday. Will that be among the first things they do? We're going to find out because we're going to uh, try to get up with our uh, contact there tomorrow to talk about that. If not, we'll talk about it. And we'll recap the championship game, get you ready for ECU and Cincinnati with some comments from uh, Coach Schwartz. That's tomorrow. Thanks to Ben. Thanks to Cookie. And we'll see you tomorrow in the morning for Talk of the Town and uh, back here 5 o'clock for the Patrick Johnson Show. Chico's Mexican Restaurant is where the fiesta never ends. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's every Wednesday for shrimp tacos for $11.99. Plus, Wednesdays means all Mexican imports for just $2.99. Thursdays, enjoy your favorite beef, chicken, or vegetable fajitas for only $11.99. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's.